Hello, and welcome to Speaking of Media, the podcast where communicators and the media come together to consider and critique the world of mass storytelling. I'm Keith Marnock, former journalist turned corporate communicator. And I'm hoping that you, as a communicator, or perhaps someone who speaks on behalf of your organization, will join me for each episode here to learn from experts on both sides of the media microphone, with the tangible goal of picking up effective ways to share your positive stories and messages, and also, perhaps more importantly, how to avoid getting caught in a negative media storm. Throughout, I will be drawing on my professional communication experiences that have now spanned more than 30 years. That is a long time. And I can tell you that the one thing in this industry that has remained constant during that time is constant change. I've always said that matching my passion for comms with my personal loves has really been the key to my career successes and satisfaction. From a small market freelance reporter to a communicator who has helped to shape and influence some of Canada's most recognized brands and leaders, from the Globe and Mail, TSN and the Discovery Channel, Tennis Canada, two universities, York and Western, as well as time spent advising an Ontario cabinet minister at Queen's Park. I have been exposed to so much during my career, so much that you may have actually consumed some of my work as part of my many targeted audiences over the years. I've made the decision here to share my expertise and hopefully spawn discussions that move the media industry forward. I also want to encourage more people to understand the communications field, how it works and why it's important for any organization, if you're in the field, uh, to offer approaches. I hesitate calling them hacks, but approaches that you can be using right now to attain better media results. Moving forward, a great bridging phrase for any communicator, this podcast will be more about interviewing guests from the industry, but for this first episode, I wanted to give you an understanding of where I've been and why my story might resonate with you. Warning, if you are not into war stories, however minor, from the front lines of Canadian media, you might want to skip ahead to the 20-minute mark of this show. However, as a boy, yes, we're starting early, but seriously, when I was young, I was weaned on radio and television, not so much books, those came much later. But I've been fascinated and, yes, obsessed, I would say, with mass media all my life. Perhaps it started when I used to read the daily announcements over the loudspeaker to my entire high school in suburban Toronto. Later, I studied broadcast journalism at one of the best places to do so in Canada, Ryerson University, then called Ryerson Polytechnical Institute. There I was taught by professors and instructors who were actually still actively working in the news media while simultaneously teaching at Ryerson. It was one of the reasons why I went there for my education. The late commentator from CBC and humorist, Stuart McLean, he was one of my broadcast news mentors. My passion for news and being on air in general was real. While going to school, I can remember not necessarily being a morning person, but getting out of bed at 5 a.m. in the dead of winter to travel more than an hour by city transit, bus, LRT, and subway downtown to number one Young Street, the venerable Toronto Star Building. But not to work at the Star, rather as an intern on the 25th floor of that building, namely 590 CKEY Radio. It was a station that my parents used to listen to in the morning, the Keith Rich Show, with newscasters like Robert Payne and sportscaster Jim Shaky Hunt. 
It was quite surreal placing names with faces and voices in my early radio newsroom days. Hardly anyone looked like what you might have imagined. Anyhow, thanks to then-news director Jim McLean, uh, who agreed to let me hang out on those mornings when I could get my butt to the station uh, and do whatever needed to be done on the newscast to assist with newscast, um, I was able to enter into the world of radio. Uh, so I started with ripping the wire, and that would be the old way that news services used to share news stories by print. It's kind of like on a rotating fax machine type basis. The other thing I did was editing auto, audio tape and the sounds that really made radio come to life, which back then actually meant physically cutting reel-to-reel -reel tapes and then copying the stories over to carts, basically an eight-track tape, if you even know what that is. Uh, but one story, one audio clip per cart. I would then give those carts to the newscasters, the stories that I'd put together, and they would physically take them into the studios where they were performing their live newscasts. Now, sometimes I can remember being pushed into service to roll tape from the newsroom for last-minute edits or stories that had come along before the newscaster went into the studio. So the pressure was on. There was a bit of a production value to that. I was told when to roll the tape, and it was live to air and so on. So anyhow, there was pressure attached to it, and I can certainly remember the adrenaline flowing at those times. But it was exciting. It was news, and uh, it was fun for me. In my final year at Ryerson, I entered and won a scholarship contest from City TV in Toronto for a news documentary. It was a longer-length news piece on the Toronto Blue Jays. The Jays had just qualified for their first-ever appearance in an MLB postseason. It was the 1985 ALCS. Uh, and the gist of the story was whether it would be too cold to host the baseball playoffs in Canada. Now, of course, this wouldn't be a story in Chicago, for example. Uh, anyhow, uh, it was the Jays against George Brett and the Kansas City Royals. Interestingly, it was the first year that the series was a best four out of seven games. Previously, it was the best three out of five. And the Jays actually led this series three games to two before the Royals heartbreakingly came back and won it in seven games. Anyhow, as a result of winning that scholarship, City TV paid for my final year tuition at Ryerson, which was not so much back in those days, certainly nothing like it is these days. But more importantly, they gave me the chance to volunteer at the station. I love being in a big city TV newsroom. There was always this amazing buzz going on. And at City, they had moved to this state-of-the-art, uh, innovative, open-concept news production studio. So no more anchor desk. These guys were just reporting the news from the newsroom, sometimes even edit suites. I have to admit that hanging out with anchor personalities like Gord Martineau, Anne Moskowski, and Mark Daly was a real thrill for a media junkie like myself. At City, I ended up working mostly in sports, another passion of mine. Uh, I reported to producer Perry Gray, but everyone just called him Stats. He had this encyclopedic knowledge of sports, hence the nickname. I got to edit pro sports highlights and do some subsequent script writing. And again, I was working with people I knew before I even arrived at the station. Former Toronto Maple Leaf defenseman Jim McKinney was one of those sports reporter anchors at the time, or Howie as he was known. Um, it was cool hearing all his war stories. I loved hearing about players, coaches, and owners that I had idolized and wondered about growing up in Toronto. Howie had one of the driest wits I had ever encountered. He was so funny. But he was also kind and caring and genuine. 
I remember running into him years later. Uh, he took time away from what he was doing to come over and say hi. Uh, and being a Leafs fan, well, that was really special to me. I also worked with the likes of Russ Salzberg, a larger-than-life character, at least in his own mind, with this really maudlin New York accent. But actually, he lived up to his aspirations. He was a native New Yorker, went back, and eventually became a really big deal in the sports world uh, down in the Big Apple, starting at WWOR and then going on to much bigger and better things. One of the fun things that I got to do back in those days was to go to Toronto Blue Jays baseball games with a videographer, a camera person. You see, back in those days, not all the games were actually televised. And so I was issued a media pass, and I got to go to the games for free, my first exposure of sort of media access. Anyhow, I would take notes on the game, keep track of the scoring plays until about the fifth or sixth inning. I would then leave the camera operator to shoot the rest of the game while I hopped in a cab, booted back to the station to assemble the highlights uh, for what was then a 10 p.m. newscast, uh, earlier than the other local stations, and they considered that to be a bit of a competitive advantage. Anyhow, the best part of that experience was really going down early for the pregame media meal, because there you could rub shoulders with other sports media types, writers, commentators, people that you certainly knew. But also, I got a chance to check out the Jays media relations personnel and how they operated and dealt with the media. This turned into a very valuable skill for me later in my career. Much of this happened while I was at school, but uh, I carried on with City TV beyond graduation. During this time after Ryerson, I was also volunteering my time at Scarborough Cable. Not cable like a nationally syndicated network or anything, no, a cable company that supplied cable TV to local residents. It was basically a community service channel that over time expanded as more and more budding TV wannabes like myself showed up with ideas for community programming to air. They even had a daily news show, perfect for someone like me who was hoping to get a reporting job at a so-called real station. This let me develop a very robust audition tape. And it was a proving ground for many uh, who went on to bigger and better things in media, uh, including reporters like Tom Hayes, well-known in the Toronto market. Hosts like Nancy Newman, Zinos at the time, but Nancy Newman, who went on to go to TSN, on to CNN, and now she currently hosts the New York Yankees uh, pregame show on the Yes Network. Newspaper and magazine writer Dave Gross in Ottawa, and camera operators like Jeff Long, a renowned news uh, videographer who actually designed the original apparatus for the CTV Toronto uh, helicopter cam. I also shared time with Kevin Quinn in the broadcast booth when we did local play-by-play -play hockey. Kevin has gone on to become the regional television voice of the Edmonton Oilers. All of my on-air work at Scarborough Cable was volunteer work, but an amazing training ground both behind and in front of the camera. And eventually I did start getting paid for doing quote-unquote journalism. I was hired as a news editor for News Radio, a nationally syndicated news service providing stories and clips to stations across Canada. They actually shared space with CKY, so it was back to number one Young Street and the Toronto Star Building for me. However, it was not long before that long-running operation, News Radio, was bought by CKO, a newly founded national news radio station. And they had a real venerable lineup of old school newscasters, but also some amazingly talented young 
up-and-comers, the likes of Aaron Davis, Karen Horseman, Jim Morris, and Steve Key, who went on to an impressive career in media relations himself, both at the TSX and then later at the Insurance Bureau of Canada. I'm hoping that Steve can join us here on a future episode. Anyhow, I went on to CKO and started editing news tape and scripts. On a few occasions, I even recall filing stories, stories that actually got picked up by other sources. Suddenly, I was a stringer. Anyhow, once I received a check from CBS News in New York for a clip that I had sent to them from one of my stories, I believe it was a post-game clip from a Leafs game or something. Anyhow, I remember that I cashed the check. I think it was for like $12, $12 American. But of course, I photocopied it before cashing it. Now I felt like a real journalist, and I had a paycheck pretty much to prove it as well. All the while, I kept doing intern work at Scarborough Cable TV, both shooting and reporting my stories for Scarborough Today, their daily news show, and hosting the weekend show Scarborough This Week. Eventually, I got my break with a commercial TV station about an hour west of Toronto, CKCO TV, a CTV affiliate. The station was unique for its coverage area, and in fact, their coverage area was the secret to their business success. The station had four separate broadcasting areas. So from Windsor to Brantford, Kitchener-Waterloo, up through Midwestern Ontario that included Hanover and Owen Sound, and all the way up to Muskoka. And for those of you who are not familiar with Southern Ontario, this was a massive area, and it also uh, showed into parts of greater the greater Toronto area. So... The beauty of this setup was that the station could sell advertising in all of these areas. And so the way they pulled this off was to do an all-in-one segment to start off their evening 6 o'clock newscast. The first 10 minutes would go to everyone. After 10 minutes, they would go to commercial. And when they came back, they would localize their coverage. So if you were in Windsor, for example, you would see Windsor Stories. If you were in Owen Sound, you would see Midwestern Ontario Stories. Also, you would get your local weather during this segment. So presto, localized coverage over a huge geographic area. Those regional segments had to be pre-taped before the 6 p.m. live cast. Uh, they were then inserted into the show live. So I was going to be assigned to cover one of these areas about an hour north of the station on a regular basis. However, before I was able to set off to start my reporting career, I had to get my orientation, both in the newsroom in Kitchener but also out in the field to understand the CKCO TV way. And in that, I was very fortunate to be teamed up with then-reporter Lisa Flam. Uh, I, was out, I was to go out and shadow her in the field. Uh, I was familiar with her work at the time, being a TV news junkie. I used to watch CKCO more in the summertime. It was the local station in the small town of Southampton where I spent and still spend my summers. Anyhow, many of you will recognize Lisa, of course, as the current anchor and senior editor of CTV National News. She was appointed with well-deserved fanfare back in 2011 for that post, replacing the legendary Lloyd Robertson. Like everyone else at Kitchener, I found Lisa to be extremely generous in sharing her approach to news gathering and to be very supportive of me while shadowing her for the week or two that I did. However, you could also tell that she was very driven, a real pro, and she has full marks for her current post atop CTV News. I was hired by CKCO to be a freelance videographer reporter. So they traded the use of their equipment uh, to exclusive rights for my stories. This meant that I could still do freelance on the side, which I did. 
I covered town council meetings in Hanover and nearby Walkerton for the local Owen Sound newspaper. This also doubled as a place for me to get tips on upcoming stories in the area, so it was a real win-win. Anyhow, as a videographer, the majority of reporters today shoot their own stories. Not so much back then, back in the early 90s. I was assigned to work with a veteran reporter, Vicki Goff. She lived and operated out of Hanover, Ontario, and so I moved there too. Vicki was a very good-hearted and generous person, but also a disciplined and ethical news person. Uh, that was always reflected in her reporting, and I remember her dealings with everyone that she interacted with, regular contacts and individuals that she met along the way. She certainly taught me the ropes when it came to shooting and producing news items, and also how to get the most out of people she reported on. I can remember being invited with her to a local politician's farmhouse to tape a year-end retrospective. And while we were there, that same politician offered us a sampling of some fairly potent liqueur to toast that year and the season that we were in. And this was about 10 a.m. in the morning. But uh, anyhow, that was quite the morning. My best story from doing that job was how I actually produced TV news stories to Aaron Kitchener out of this small rural town of Hanover. So three days a week, I acted as Vicky's camera operator. We went out together as a team. She would do her own thing two days a week, and then I would work the two days on the weekends by myself. Now, there are pluses and minuses to working in a small town, but for me, it was mostly always pluses because I happily embraced the quaintness of my new surroundings being this big city boy and all. I would go out and shoot a news story on weekends. It could be often a festival or a community meeting, anything. Once I had shot my visuals and done my interviews and stand-up if appropriate, I would gather up my hockey bag full of bulky TV equipment, tripod, lights, cables, wires, you name it. It also seemed heavier than it ever needed to be, but I would go back to my one-bedroom, second-floor apartment that overlooked the Petrocan gas station next door to me in Hanover. My three-quarter video cassette recorder that I slung over my shoulder along with the accompanying big-ass 10-pound TV camera fully adorned with the CKCO TV news logo on it, which helped give me some gravitas when I was out shooting stuff, even though, honestly, back in the day, everyone was not out casually shooting video like you find today, especially in rural Ontario. Everybody knew exactly who I was and what I was doing. Anyhow, back to the small-town realities. I would replay the video that I had just shot and I would show it on my 23 inch color big tube TV in my living room to see what I had. I would then type up my story on my big ass $3,000 IBM computer with its accompanying printer. Once written, I would add my voice through the microphone onto the same tape where I shot the story. I would then send my new script down to the station through my computer modem and this alerted the assignment editor uh, that I had a story. Magic. Anyhow, this was well before email, by the way. That's, that was the real magic of that. Anyhow, we go from high tech to low tech. So the station had my script, but now they needed my tape. Specifically, vid video editors needed my tape. News tape. Timely, perishable news. In Kitchener. So what I would do is i print off my script. I would fold it in half, stick it in the video cassette case along with the tape, I would then stick it in a bubble-wrapped courier package pre-addressed to CKCO TV in Kitchener. I would then add an important orange urgent sticker to the outside because, come on people, this was news. This was big. I would then throw on my coat and walk to a house a few blocks over from me in the neighborhood. What, you say? 
Well, uh, it was there that I would place the package inside the front porch of a person's house. Huh? Well, it turns out that this house belonged to the owner of the bulk food store on the main street in Hanover. Stay with me here. It turns out that that store was where the Chaco Trails regional bus line stopped every day, including Sundays, which was good news for me. In addition to passengers, these buses also doubled as couriers. So the bulk food store owner would ensure that the packages, including my tapes, were on the bus. When the bus arrived in Kitchener, the, pack the package would then be delivered to the station. It would then, again magically, find its way to the video editors and eventually onto my and everyone else's TV screen, usually the next day. Oh, how we have progressed thanks to technology. Budget cuts meant that I wasn't at CKCO for very long, just over a year. But during that time, I decided that there might be better ways of using my journalism degree. Instead of being alone, away from the big city, always working different hours than everyone else, in time I funneled into corporate communications and loved getting behind the scenes of sectors that I had equal fascination with. And while the technology has changed, knowing how and why stories become news uh, is really what I have to bring to this conversation. Understanding what the media needs and how they need to get it is crucial for communicators to understand that necessary relationship that must exist with the media, especially when the story is not favorable. The more you know about your audience, as well as those who might report your story to that audience, the better off you will be in the long run when it comes to communicating. And we will dive into that into much greater detail in future episodes. I wanted to start speaking of media with my grounding in the media. It's great to reminisce about these stories and so much has changed in the media but that's always been the case, and it continues to evolve. And so, why this podcast? Well, I feel like I'm well-placed to examine the media and news business, especially knowing the kind of contributors that I intend to have on this show. And I hope to hear their great stories and even better insights that I hope to bring to you during this podcast. And so, through the eyes and the experience of experts on both sides of the media microphone, I hope you will learn the most effective ways to share your stories and messages and how to avoid getting caught in a negative media storm. And so there you have it, the first episode of Speaking of Media. Hey, listen, I really want to thank you for listening and getting this far. My thanks also to everyone who has supported me in getting this show up and running. While it may sound like a solo effort, that is very far from the truth. I hope you will check out this show in all its forms on social media as we develop them. We have a complimentary platform on Facebook where I hope to do a lot more interacting and discussions. Uh, we're also going to be on Twitter, Instagram, and we're soon going to be added onto LinkedIn. And that's where we will be posting show notes and takeaways uh, that we've listed here on this podcast platform. And we certainly want to hear back from you and what your thoughts are on the show and what you'd like to see and who you'd like to hear here on the Speaking of Media podcast. And so until next time, I thank you for listening, and I look forward to be speaking of media with you again soon. I'm Keith Marnock. Stay well.